Hi, everyone. We are on week seven of the Pivotal series. In this episode, I go through things that you can start doing now to bring the nervous system and co-regulation into your life. Again, you can download the Pivotal series in the show notes that also come with the Simple Spiral Steps. I hope you enjoy this week and that you start implementing these into your life. I'm going to give you some tangible things you can start doing. First is, if you haven't already, go to my website, themomspiral.com, and download the free Simple Spiral Steps. Okay, first thing is to start co-regulating Try as much as you can to be intentional. Realize that you have this power of your own regulation to help bring your child back. Understand you are a team. If you stay or work towards connection, that's what you want. That's the goal. Not trying to teach or correct or control. Just go back to connection as the core thing that will bring resolution the fastest and in the healthiest way for everyone. Next, take a week. Start with a day. Do this every single time you sense dysregulation. Stop. You stop. I don't mean try to stop what's happening for you or your kids. I mean stop moving. Take your child's hand. Put it on your heart. Put your hand on their heart. Close your eyes and breathe together. You don't even have to say anything. It's really best not to say anything. This is all happening within and between your bodies. So let it and use this time to connect to it. Bring your focus to the power of your bodies. Bring your attention to yourself because that's what it needs. Show it safety through presence. And together you are doing this by connecting and providing co-regulation. Wait for a sign, a sigh, a yawn. These are signs of your body's energy moving back to regulation. And then open your eyes, you can hug, you can smile, you can give each other a high five, thank each other, thank your bodies. You are healing and rewiring your system as you build this foundation in them. It's not always convenient, it's not easy. Yes, we'd rather be doing something else, but it will transform your life. It will lessen the time spent during these times and also how often they happen. What matters are these moments. This is really the only time it can happen. You do this now and you won't do it forever. You are building what they need to eventually and sooner rather than later do it on their own. This isn't just a skill. This is what they will always come back to for safety. They will truly know what safety is in their body And that is the greatest ultimate gift you can give them. The next thing is to figure out what their default state is, what yours is. See how your body usually reacts. Do you fight, like yell or argue or actually use body parts to try and protect yourself or at least have the feeling you want to? Because you may have learned to suppress the energy of actually hitting someone, but All the times you've done that and not completed that stress cycle, it got stored in your body. Do you flee? Do you run away? I'm a fighter. Eileen is a fighter. And Chloe defaults to flight, what we call a voyager. 
Um, I'm going to give you an example of what you can do if your child tends to shut down, run away, hide, stops talking, seems like they're not listening. And this is something you want to work on getting your fighter to be able to do. It's just harder for them. So you want to find their tears. It's essentially helping them move their energy in really the most natural way for kids. With Chloe, this is easy and I love it. Um, It's easy because she does it easily, but also because it's easy for me. Usually I don't seem to be dysregulated with Chloe compared to Ailey. And I think it's because when Ailey gets upset, she's yelling or fighting and that starts dysregulating my system even if I wasn't before. It's easier to want to soothe or hold Chloe and understand a little more than with someone who is coming at you and being loud. And because she's a fighter, I get her. I understand the feeling and energy in her body. I do what she does, but it's still hard to be on the receiving end. And it's crazy because she is so sweet and quiet and you would never know this about her. But this again is biology and how her instincts come out to protect her. So really notice their state. It may not be what you think. And a really quick example, but we were in Target the other day and this was just the other day. So this shows how much or how powerful the awareness piece is that you'll constantly be learning and growing and hopefully using it to your advantage. So Chloe picked up a stuffed dinosaur and carried it around the whole time and wanted me to get it. And I told her no from the beginning and she didn't, you know, really make a big deal about it, but I was just annoyed and I probably added some mean comments that I didn't really need to. So on the way home, I thought about it. Like she's a kid. She just wanted this cute new dinosaur. And I thought about how I would have felt when I was a kid. So when we got home, I could have just let it go. Like we think why waste more time on something that doesn't even matter. We didn't get it. Let's move on. And we do this with a lot, right? In life, we just move on. (laughs) But I sat down with her and I said, I'm sorry for being mean. I was already in a bad mood and I didn't need to take it out on you. And it's okay to be sad or mad because you wanted the dinosaur. Even before I finished, she literally climbed into my lap and started bawling. Like for what felt like 10 minutes, she just kept going. So this is where you can see she may not have been even crying about the dinosaur. Like it really didn't seem like it to me. I thought something else was wrong, but this is just it. It was all the stored energy that needed to be released. So this is why it's good to help them find their tears. It's also funny to me how quickly they can go from melting down to laughing. So laughing or trying to make them laugh is a great way to move energy. At bedtime when it just seems it's one annoyance after another trying to get them to do all the things at this vulnerable transition, I will just start tickling them. And whatever they were doing instantly turns into laughter and they even seem to totally forget about it. It's just about moving the stuck energy. Their bodies know what to do and how to move it. Just like the tears, sometimes you have to help or support or be that safe space 
to them finding a productive way of moving it. When they're young, they still have resilient systems. They're still connected. They haven't been trained to go into their minds and they're able to be in their bodies. Okay, next thing is start to get curious. Observe, be a detective. Write everything down that happens in a day. Do it long enough to see patterns in times, in transitions, in environments. Keep track of all the sensory things. Look for what's underneath the behavior and find everyone's triggers. The next thing is to start sharing what you've learned about the nervous system here with your kids. Knowledge leads to awareness. When you can talk about it, when everyone is connected and regulated, they'll be able to at least understand more when it's happening. Point it out. It looks like your body feels unsafe. Does it feel unsafe? Start bringing the attention to their body and their sensations. This will also let them know before what it feels like when their energy is building up. The next thing is to be the safe space. Your goal is to be a container where your child feels safe and comfortable releasing their energy. The only thing you have to do is be present. You don't have to talk. Like I said before, it can be best not to. Don't judge or assume or try to fix or make it better or easier for them. Let their body do what it needs to. You are there just as the space holder. I'm going to simply say that nutrition, hydration, sleep, and movement all matter and is a huge piece to regulation. Um, Kids that eat sugar and processed foods with no rest or quality sleep and are sitting all day on a screen will not have a healthy nervous system. The next piece is restore. This is the most misunderstood and missed step. Restoring is not just doing something fun. These are things that truly bring their body back to baseline. You want practices in place that aren't just coping strategies in the moment. Coping is only short-term relief and leaves them more drained and vulnerable to arousal. Long-term habits restore energy. Routines with downtime and rest and true calm. What helps them to return to baseline will be different for every child. Um, Child-led play and connection with you will always help your child return to their baseline. Combining these even for 10 minutes a day will be so powerful for your child. You have to set intentional space and time for restorative activities every day. And when you play or connect, it needs to be authentic and child-led. So there's no conditions or agenda from you. It's about connection on their terms. What makes them feel most connected to you, not how you feel. It's not doing crafts or sports. These are not simply activities that your child enjoys. They need to leave your child feeling re-energized and rested when they complete them. Some activities may leave them feeling drained and tired. Some may work one day and not the next. So you just have to keep experimenting until you find what works. And lastly, I want to mention routine and preparation. This isn't about structured schedules, but having routines give them a sense of security. 
their bodies know what to expect or at least aren't thrown into dysregulation from sudden or constant change. Um, Give them a heads up before transitions. Tell them you're leaving the park in five minutes. So that's enough time to swing or do the slide three times. It's about creating safety as much as you can, when you can for their bodies. Safety always equals regulation. 